Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the man who's going to put more tattoos on his body, if that's possible, Matty Key. Yo, I got lots of space. I'm planning like the back piece soon. You do have your face as well. Let's I was going to say, no, he's not, not Florida man yet, but... No, not Florida man's, but um, no, I'm planning the back. The legs will be like last because the guy I want to do my legs, who Jim has seen unreal but it's like a big trip because he's in calgary and i have to decide if i want to do it like one session come back go back like a few months later come back kind of thing or just stay there for like four days and just hammer four days of tattooing which sucks shit because it hurts but anyway continuing we're also joined by mr james key hello james i got nothing for you today it's all good. When you came into the recording, uh, your voice was really loud, so you might have seen my face go, because on, <laughs> on the recording it went, Whoo. it was like, oh shit, got to bring that one down. So, yeah, that was like cool. a couple of weeks ago. What Lindsay was listening to the episode as she does. She listens to us. Realistically, she's like, I only listen to the full episode if I have a long drive. But every week, she likes <laughs> listening to the. Intro. If I have nothing else to do, if I'm stuck. I'll listen to well, no, because like she's not like a massive sports fan, but she likes listening to our intro stuff and whatever. She said it's really fun. Yeah, the banter. She she was like, at one point, it sounded like you guys just slowed down, like you were talking like for like forty five <laughs> seconds. She's like, are you guys trying something new? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you should be like, yeah. What'd you think? <laughs> no, she probably thought we were idiots. <laughs> Well, we are idiots, and it was, yeah, was probably an internet issue what happened there. But that's yeah. uh, you know that's what happens when uh, you have a show that's held together by shoestrings and bubblegum. You know what's interesting? But it's fun. Do you know how many podcasts now are hosted like not in the same space now? Like even ones that were like I, I listened to a couple podcasts, and they were all used to be hosted in like a room, but since they've moved on to doing it digitally, it's insane how many have moved that way. You know why? It's because instead of everyone having to be centralized, there's people like, hey, I can save a shit ton of money and go live in Texas and still do the podcast. And then the company itself doesn't need to rent out a studio space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just think it's wild how many, you know, and like I was telling you before, there's programs we could use where we could all log into the program and the program will do it all for us. It's just Hmm. we need more uh, listeners and more money. So get out there and Tell your friends about the show and we'll set up Tell some your donation one day, maybe. And Fandle Patreon with no perks. That's what it'll be. Yo, I don't know. I think I've said this before. Legit, I'm thinking of starting an OnlyFans, just pictures of my feet. Yeah, we've because been over you, this topic. Yeah. So, I mean, if it works, boys, we're in the butter zone. You can just do hands and only hands. Only hands? George Costanza? Give, give it HJs. Yeah. Or just like this and dudes dude, are like I bet you. Out. Okay, I bet you. You could do an only hands, only fans of you just jerking off dildos, but like the bases are off screen. I bet you make money. Like if you just lube them up and just all like sideways on the screen like this, I bet you you get tons of money because people would think they're real. Yeah, but the problem with that is that I guess. <laughs> You, do you want your face in this or are you going to no. wear a mask? I wear See, mask. I'm fucked because I got the tattoo. So I got like identifying marks, right? Like, no, you wear long sleeves. 
Just like compression or body suit. Like... Wear the wear the the skin tone bodysuit. Wear a yeah. mask. Do this right, and they never finish. So it's just edging the entire time. <laughs> and it's just, it's just guy. It's like those. It's like those broads on, on Twitch where they're like, okay, gonna do jumping jacks in three, two. Oh wait, and then they do something else, and they do the stream for like five hours before they do jumping jacks. You and see, they're not they're not working smart though because the video would be three seconds to shoot, but you just loop it for forty five exactly. minutes, and it's just forty five minutes. Looks like it's you're like, cleaning your ears just with two purple dicks. Back and wow, this guy's been live for forty eight hours. He's got some stamina on him. He's <laughs> still going. This guy's still going. Someone's like, I'm gonna come back and check on this guy at eight tonight. Just fucking still going. First comment on the video is best 48 hours of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Guys just leaves it on in the background. Yeah. I want to know what it falls is. A- <laughs> falls asleep. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully the next uh, hour or two is the best hour or two of your life. As we're going to talk about Darko Ryakovich, an end of an era in American football head coaches. We have an update on the Toronto Blue Jays offseason. We are going to recap the NFL wildcard weekend, and we're going to tee up and preview and maybe not preview. We're going to give our picks for NFL division round playoffs coming up this coming weekend. All of that and a whole lot more brought to you, of course, by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, we need to discuss what's been going on in our lives over the past week or so. Do you gentlemen have anything or should I go into my weekend? So no, man. I was going to say you introed us and you're like, Jim, I don't have anything for you. He usually wears a hat. You could say the final hatless one. Mm, you know what? I was just going to, I was looking at James and I was like, something just doesn't look right right now. No he hat. still has his hood up. Yep. But yeah, the fact that I can see some hair. Yep. That's your, your bang on that. I should have mentioned this. And then, I got a I got a and then. Dustin, you yourself are the well-coiffed man, as I said today. You said your hair's unruly, but it looks very nicely, you know, faded back. Like there, like there was someone could surf on it. It's a nice wave. Okay, so my hair wasn't cooperating this morning, and actually yesterday, fantastic hair day. Sunday, fantastic hair day. Saturday, fantastic hair day. Um, today just didn't want to, just didn't want to work. So when I got home, I, I looked at myself again. I'm like, fuck's sake. So I just grabbed the brush and just brushed it all out. And now it looks okay, but it's still a little too perfect. So this is the uh, the problem with, with hair. And I know there's plenty of uh, people who listen to the show who don't have a lot of hair. And uh, uh, spe- specifically Ryan. So I- I'm sorry that you have to hear about us talking about our hair. I don't know what that's like having a bad hair day. I um, My hair is a gift from God. Quick question before we talk about our weeks. I was at work yeah. today. And... I, I want to ask shoot you job as you guys call it. Yeah, the shoot job. job. I want to ask you a question, Dustin, specifically you. Have you ever said when someone's like, how are you? Have you ever been like living the dream? God. Okay. No. So I have, but the only, do you say it often? I, it's no, the guy. Only no, he's the living the dream guy. I only used to say it back when I worked at this restaurant, Turtle Jacks. And you know how all companies have like, their mission statement or their yeah. uh, whatever the fuck. I don't know if it was their mission statement, but in the culture somewhere, it's, it's written everywhere in the building and on your pam- all your handbooks and whatever. It says living the dream. 
It, so it was and, a tie and, to that. Like if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have said it. And at one point, I remember them giving us like poker chips for some reason. Is this like one individual poker chip that everyone kept on their person throughout their shift until you were and, fired? And then you had to gamble for your job. <laughs> you got to turn in your chip at the end of yeah, you, and your badge and your gun. Yeah, and like so, we're gonna need your uh, we're gonna need your chip. bottle opener, and we're gonna need your chip, please. <laughs> and on your chip was the Turtle Jacks logo, and on the back it said "Living the Dream." So okay. we would ironically say "Living the Dream" Outside. every day when someone asked us how we were. Outside of that, would you have ever said it? Probably not, Perfect. unless it slipped in. Because I realized today that really only white people say this <laughs> like the whitest of white people that's their response it happened in my office i looked around and three occasions white dudes were like living the dream and a, and a white girl was like living the dream none of the ethnic people from other places that were sans white were ever say this no they never say it it's a white person thing because the non-white people are actually living the dream they're not even saying it ironically. They're just like, fuck, I don't have to be in India right now. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do know three people that have gone to India and they said the first thing you do is you get off the plane. And you're like, why am I here? Dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, with a lot of these Asian countries, and it's not just India specifically. Like if you're, Asian. <clears throat> yeah, if you're rich as fuck, it doesn't matter. Like you'll have a great time going to India if you're yeah. rich as fuck. Um, I, I'm sure it's the same and as much as they probably don't want you to know this I'm sure it's just the same in like Dubai and all these other like uber rich countries like you go there and if you are filthy fucking rich you're gonna have a great time in the yeah, United you're Arab Emirates fucking poor, you're, or middle middle class it's dirt yep. worst yeah but I guess I mean in the same way Canada probably is like that too <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's, just, it's getting there it feels like um, yeah but yeah our weeks uh, Maddie and I went to see Story of the Year. Oh, right, 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 right. And Hot. the Kings and Youth Fountain, which was a lot of fun. Although, yeah. a couple things. One, we're old as fuck. Um, yep. When you're standing there from 6.45 until 11 o'clock, and then you have to walk back to the car and then get in said car, you, you <sighs> really realize that uh, things creak. At this age, like things start creaking. You got a yeah. WD-40. That shit. I should have stretched before getting into the car. Like I should have done maybe like a couple lunges, maybe, you know, like spread the legs and do like a hip flexor stretch or some shit because I had to get into my car, hold the steering wheel to just kind of fall back. And like the left leg had to stay straight because nothing would bend properly. Yeah, it was sure. okay. So my right leg in. Were you guys like in the pit jumping around and shit, or no, you just like no. kind of chilling in the back? Mid middle, middle, yeah. So like it was crowded enough where like you had people like pushing on you a little bit, but not like mm -hmm. the mosh it was pit. too busy for a pit. Like there, like it was too crowded for a pit. Yeah, there wasn't. Enough. And this was Opera House. Yeah, yeah. So we should have gone early and gone upstairs. Yeah, and sat down, but we did. And yeah, <laughs> we which we did for Newfound Glory, like if years ago which was awesome and i think i think we both said after that show we're like this is how you do it now and we just yeah. didn't do it this time the other thing is we're all we're all 39 there and i said like or like in that 35 to 39 age range um you know and it's funny because like when you go when we saw them like in 2003 like literally 20 years ago it's like 
oh man, everyone here is around 17. Like, like you really do grow with the media. You know what I mean? Like my dad probably saw like Led Zeppelin at 17. It was like, they're awesome. His parents were like, what the fuck are you listening to? And then he yep. saw them at 40 and was like, wow, this is just like when I was a kid. And that was it. And like everyone around was like, oh man, I'm 39 now. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just crazy. And everyone's just kind of hanging out like where that would have been probably crazier 20 years ago. It just wasn't even though the music stayed kind of like they were the same band. Do you know what I mean? It's just the, but the crowd changed and that was no more evident than like when we, the Kings opened and they were significantly younger. Like they're probably, the band is probably a decade younger than story of the year. And it would be like, everyone, what I want you to do is I want you to crouch and when I say this, I want you to jump up. Like fucking nobody did this because everyone was like, and, "My knees will not yeah. allow this." Like, and everyone I'm looked around, like, "Is he fucking serious right now?" Yeah, like, is this guy fucking for real? Like, nobody's jumping, nobody's clapping, nobody's no, right? And then, so I wrote in the the show notes, "Crutch guy." So, dude, this fucking guy is about three and a half people away from us, and he's on the stairs down into the lower level, and he's got a crutch. And he's just, he's playing it like an air guitar. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, that is not, like, and, and then I was like, like, oh man. And then my brother goes, that's not even his. Like, that's the girl's next to him. She just took it. I'm, yeah. I'm totally envisioning La Parca right now. Yeah. That's basically what it was. <laughs> La Parca. It, was, it was instead of a chair, it was a crutch. Yep. And I was like, man, you're the only one here who isn't 39. <laughs> like, that's. Like and like he was, down. and he was annoying concert guy, yeah. where mm. like up with the phone and it was like this the whole time, literally just. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Right, but it was and cool, man. Yeah, the good last, show. Uh, the last, like when they came out for the encore, they played a couple songs, and then they did a medley of like, two thousand five, basically. So they played like uh, Ocean Avenue cover, Taking Back Sunday cover, MCR, The Used. Like they played like all like their big songs in like a medley. It was great. Yeah, it was so, really cool. That was a lot of uh, fun. The, fun, <laughs> the funny story is there's this like, okay, I know Jim's like 5'10", 5'11". Dustin, you're what, like 5'8"? If if James is 5'10", then yes, I'm 5'9". Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm 6'1", and okay. I, I'll be honest, I have other friends that are of the same or taller, and... You try not to, but you look at dudes who are like five six or shorter, and you're like, "That's a rough go, man." Yeah, sorry, um, but <laughs> you're not five. There's six. A, yeah, I'm five six. Just like I'm. Anyways, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> so there's this guy at the show who's by himself, and he's like waving his arms around. He like almost clipped me in the head once, and he like almost smacked Jim in the head once and he's like stepping on my feet and I was like thank god I didn't wear nice shoes to this right because I would have fucking killed him anyway and he keeps like I guess bumping and I, I keep turning to him like looking and it wasn't like the bump as part of the show like he was trying to get space to see and I look over and this dude's like five 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 four so then it finally just pissed me off throughout the night what <laughs> This guy's shrinking throughout the night. <laughs> right. Anyway, well, I said under 5'6", but he was yeah. actually, yeah. Anyway, so it got to the point where I just progressively started to stand in front of him and just keep turning back, looking at Jim and our friend that we're with. 
and they're pissing themselves laughing because you can clearly see the guys like trying to look over me and i just keep every time you back and he would have this like bewildered look on his face and then take and then when he turned around you take one step to the right like further in front of this kid and now listen i would have smacked this kid around myself but there was one problem he was wearing a trench coat and i didn't know if one smack ended up in a a shooting of an entire concert i was not about to challenge this man in a black trench coat by himself at a concert fuck that you would have like swung at him and he would have like did a matrix dive yeah. at, at it. Dive at it, pulled out like fucking two yeah. Uzis and be like, boom, boom, yeah, boom. shot at everyone but me and be like, see what you have to live with and then walk away. That's what <laughs> then he pops a blue pill and walks away. Yeah. yeah. Just disappears. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was, honestly, it was, it was a good show. But the one thing I said after the thing, like when we we're driving back, I definitely got to be more picky about concerts now if that's the toll it's going to take on my back and knees and ankles and hips and shit like that because and i don't like stadium shows like i don't don't send me to scotia bank to watch it. like it's not enjoyable it the sound is probably going to go to blink 182 at so blink 182 i am going to and it's not scotia bank arena it's actually rogers center rogers and same thing. The, no not the same thing for a concert um, pretty much it, it'll be it's the sound will be worse the, it'll the, be significantly the, worse at yeah, rogers there's center. the floor and then there's the seating yeah i'll, I'll be on the floor and the only reason I'm going is because Lexon Fire is opening. So, anyways, um, speaking of being old at a concert, that reminded me of a couple things. One, when I went to Rage Against the Machine at Scotiabank Arena, I was in a suite and incredible because you can stand and, you know, in your suite and watch the show and whatever. But when your knees start giving out and your back starts giving out, you just go chill on the couch, you know, especially that time in between bands that's the worst part because like when a band is playing you're fine but when it gets to a point where like, all right we're done and now it's going to be a 15 20 minute wait for the next band and you're all just kind of shimmying around and trying to get closer like i didn't have to do Dude, any of that you just go 15 sit 20 couch, minutes is a beer. dream we were saying that this show like it used to be 40 minutes oh dude yeah but they found sure. ways to make the turnover a lot quicker which they should it's fucking 2024 like at this point we should be just turning a fucking like rotating thing and the other bike other band shit should be there while the other one's or taking like, it off roll out the other the band's shit the like the band before it's like on a rolly stage and you can just roll out their shit because yeah i remember how long it used to take and now it's we looked and uh you found and then we the kings was coming on and jim looked at me he's like that was like 12 minutes yeah it was very quick yeah it's great now that a lot of these concert promoters will send out on twitter or wherever else. Here's the set. Here's not the set list. Here's the lineup tonight. Like this band's gonna go on this time. This band's gonna go on at this time. This band's gonna go on at this time. And it it's pretty close. Yeah. Like it's it, they're right on. So yeah, it, we have gone a long way. The other thing was the last warp tour ever. James, you were there. Yes. And I remember thinking the crowd was going to be guys like us at the time. We probably we would have been like early thirties. We ended up meeting up, didn't we not? Yeah. Yeah, I saw you there and Brad and I think Kevin Blackwood was there. Like there was this all crazy collection of people, right? Yeah. And all people around the same age. But then I saw like a young person. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you doing here? And then another young person. And then a lot of young people. And they were like dressed like they're going to a rave. So I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, what is what is happening? Why is there like why are the Utes here? The Utes. Why he's a Toronto man's. He's yeah. a Toronto man's. Yeah, Wigwan fam. 
And then it, it dawned on me when 303 hit the stage. <laughs> I had no fucking clue who 303 was. That Dude, should have been my indication. 303 is right old there. then. Yeah, probably. But if you've seen them now, like I recently, one of their songs recently came on my playlist. It's funny you mentioned this. They're like in their mid to late 40s. No way. Possibly even 50. And they're still singing like Helen Keller stuff. And they're like gray. It's very odd. It's very uncomfortable. Mm. Like the song was uncomfortable then. Catchy, but uncomfortable. Now it's catchy and extremely uncomfortable because I'm pretty sure they're grandparents. So it's, Interesting. Yeah. But well, it's it, like, have oh, you ever oh. listened to them like thoroughly at all? Never intentionally. They're on every warp tour. For some reason they were really cool with Kesha. They were just very And that must have been it. And that had to have been the connection of why all those young people were there, because it was like the Kesha connection. Yeah, but it's weird because like no, they were really in the warp tour crowd, they were very they were just for some reason they, they fell into that that they're like Cobra Starship, only more obnoxious. Well, my weekend wasn't filled with concerts. I, it was filled with wrestling. Uh, it was Smash Wrestling's Any Given Sunday slash Any Given Saturday weekend. And on any given Saturday in Toronto at the old Franklin Horner Community Center, there was Scott Hunter couldn't make it. Probably from snow. Like he lives up in like Huntsville or some shit. Like he's takes him forever to get down there regardless uh, if there was snow or not. So he wasn't there. So. Uh, Seb says to me, uh, Sebastian Suave says to me, uh, so I'm going to do commentary. I, I'm talking as if I'm Sebastian Suave right now. It's like, I'm going to do commentary with Blake tonight. And I said, you don't want to do that, man. (laughs) That's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that. And so I talked him into. Stop it. Get some help. (laughs) And look, regardless of how you think it's going to sound, and ultimately it doesn't matter. It's going to go on YouTube. No one's going to fucking watch it. Who cares? But. The point is, he's going to be needed to do other things. Like, you can't be, it's not, sure, Vince McMahon did it when he was a promoter of the WWF in the mid-90s and he was on commentary. Employees. But he had Bruce Pritchard and he had Pat Patterson. He had, like, all these Gorilla people Monty. to do things. And Gorilla. He had people to do things, Ooh, right? That's and I said to him, like, you can't do that because you're going to have, you're going to be pulled away. You're going to have to do something else. Like, put me on commentary. I'll work with Blake and Steve can do ring announcing. And that's what we did. Great. Steve's great. Uh, anyways, I'm sitting there. Probably, I don't know if it was intermission or maybe it was like after the first match. I remember sitting there at the commentary table and this guy came up to me and he's like, hey man, were you on an episode of Kenny versus Benny? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you look just like a guy who's on Kenny versus Benny. I was like, well, no, I wasn't, but what episode was it? Like, I'm going to have to watch this now to see who the hell you're talking about. And without delay, the guy pulls out his phone. Like he's, he was like watching, like he queued this up, I guess just in the case that I was potentially this person that he saw on Kenny versus Spenny, which would have fucking aired like 20 years ago. But I guess I look significantly older than I actually am. But in any event, um, he pulls up, of course, the episode of who's the better wrestler, Kenny versus Benny. And I'm dropping a picture into chat right now. This is the person that he thought I look like. Is it Juice Rain? <laughs> Take a look at this. 
James, you look at this fucking thing. Uh, open oh it, John. This is this dude. This... No. <laughs> is that uh, is that one of the Megans? So that's what I said to him. I'm like, no, that's not me. But hilariously, I do know who that guy is. And he's like, oh, is really? It, I'm like, yeah. Is it a Megan? That's 100% one of the Megan brothers. Yeah, yeah. Like, Yep. And as the guy walks away, Blake looks at me. He's like, that looks nothing like you. I'm like, yeah, no. I know. He's just brown. Like, that's just, that's just what happens when you're brown. So it looks like, something people just like think you. You're... No, I mean, not really. The, the hair and the skin tone. Yeah. I'd say it's about 30% the way there. Uh, I mean, I would go like a solid 27.2%. Like if there was a facial ID match, they would probably be like, yeah, 30%, 20%. What we should probably do when this episode comes out, we'll uh, attach this that picture <laughs> That's the uh, thumbnail. In, like, in the Instagram story to just like, not even any context, just drop Does, that in the Instagram story. <laughs> Listen now, it's just this brown yeah. guy. Listen now, or oh, yeah, that's the the way we promote. You the know what? They'd be like, "Nice photo, with, Dustin." <laughs> I can like what I can do is post it right now and say, "Recording now," and just that picture. <laughs> and look, no hate on the Megan brothers. I'm just saying no, they're good. I don't they're think funny. we look alike at all. And and I explained to Blake that like there's been guys who've come up to me like. Guys on the roster, not even like another fan. A dude on the roster came up to me and was like, hey, man, good match tonight. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, good match tonight, man. I'm like, I said to him, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, always with the jokes and then walked away. They think you're Tarek. They thought I was Tarek. I'm like, what? Like that man's arms are the size of my waist. Like how on earth? He's a foot taller than you. He is definitely taller than me, but most people are. Also, like, just an aside, I don't, like, not for nothing, but I don't think that a guy, hear me out, who had a, like, a manager for, a, like, mouthpiece manager should necessarily be on commentary. I don't know if that's the, the best, <laughs> best oh, decision in I, the world. I, I see what you're I'm saying. Sure, um, I'm sure there are others who are more well-suited, yourself, present company included. <laughs> For, for that spot. Well, there are definitely... Um, the thing is, man, and this goes with all independent wrestling, no one gives a fuck about commentary. Like, they will just That's get their true. buddy to do it. That's, or Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. From, from inside. I say externally, no, no, people no. give a big fuck. No, I agree. Like, when I'm... Uh, that's the reason why I can't watch AEW because the commentary is so horrendous. But if... Like if for in terms of promoters, when they're running shows, like there's so many people, and I'm not gonna mention names, I don't want to get like I don't want to purposely like insult anybody right now, but there are so many people who get consistently booked to do commentary. And James, we can talk about this after the show. But there's so many people who consistently get booked for commentary that are dog shit. And it is what it is. Like if that's for whatever reason benefit I found during our heyday, we had four people that could decently rotate through and were pretty good at it. Like between yourself, myself, Brad, and Scott, like there was never, like th- I don't think the the show ever dropped if someone had to rotate it. Like it was always pretty on point. So we were, we were blessed in that facet. But there are some horrendous because they don't because they everyone wants to do, to do the thing that that they say something that makes them sound cool. They don't they don't want to facilitate what they're seeing. They don't want to craft the per- help well not craft but help craft 
the person in front of them. They want to craft themselves, right? And that's that's the and problem. And I said this to Blake over the weekend, and I'm not grouping him into bad commentators. Far from it. He's actually quite the opposite. He literally does commentary for the Toronto Blue Jays. So it's not like he's bad. Um, but when I was explaining like wrestling things, I'm like, there's so many stupid things about wrestling commentary that doesn't make sense if you don't like realize it. And what, I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is like, as a wrestling fan or an educated viewer or whatever, or even just as like an outsider and you're calling a match, you might look at something and immediately call out what it is. But with wrestling, it's like, no, you can't do that because you need to like let it happen before you react to it. You almost have to call around it. You want it to happen before you say anything because you might accidentally step on what they're going to do. Yeah. And even though it's logical and you're like, oh, yeah, I know it's about to happen and it's a logical thing to say in the moment. You, you might want to just not say it because you want like if the audience is not aware and a lot of times the audience is not aware. Anyways, I digress. We need to move into actual professional sports because there was some interesting talking going on after one particular Raptors game. Of course, it's anytime the Toronto Raptors happen to be playing the Los Angeles Lakers. There always seems to be some sort of shadiness going on. And there probably isn't, to be honestly, to be totally honest. Who knows? Um, but it's not as if there hasn't been referees doing shady shit in the NBA before. That is a documented thing that has happened. There's a Netflix documentary about how referees were fixing games in the NBA. So I'm not saying it's happening right now, but it's happened in the past. And the Toronto Raptors, I could see the argument as being the team that the NBA gives a fuck about the least. And I could see the argument that the Los Angeles Lakers are the team the league gives the fuck about the most. Now, again, I'm not saying the NBA is fixing any games between the Toronto Raptors and the Los Angeles Lakers. I just think they care about one and they don't give a fuck about the other. I think that is a reasonable thing to say. Now, after this game, uh, and so the reason that head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Darko Ryakovich, was so upset was that it was something like 20 fouls against the Toronto Raptors in the second versus half of that two. game. Versus 23 two. to 23 to two. 23 to 2. Now, look, I, I think when LeBron James was asked about it, he's like, well, I guess that we, we didn't foul them. Yeah, he goes, he goes, they fouled and we didn't. Like, which, to be fair to LeBron James, there's not much he can say without getting a fine himself. And he's probably just like, I don't give a fuck. This game's over. Let's move on. But given how the NBA is normally officiated, you can't breathe on a motherfucker without getting a foul sometimes. So mm -hmm. when the discrepancy is 23 to 2, it, it does raise some eyebrows at the very least. So after the game, during the media availability, Darko Ryakovich um, had some choice words. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's, that's, that's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. 
I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. So that's how Darko Rakovic felt about the whole situation. And obviously, it's not just that particular game. He, As he mentioned, it's been all season that the Toronto Raptors have been getting this treatment. And... When I saw this clip, and obviously uh, Ryakovich got fined by the league, which I, I'm sure he expected that to happen, and I'm sure MLSE took care of it, and he didn't actually personally pay for that. I don't know that for a fact, but I assume that's what happened. But when I heard those comments, and I don't know about you guys, but I thought to myself, well, Darko, welcome to the Toronto Raptors. Because this has been going on for the past 20 fucking years. So oh, I was going to say, like, it's not even just this season. Like, the Raptors have had trouble getting calls for a long time because there was always this... The, the, the shitty explanation from commentators and stuff, while they haven't earned the respect or they haven't... They don't have the, the guys that the league respects and, and gets those calls. Um you know, I do, I, I kind of echo the same statement and like, welcome to the Raptors, Darko, but I think it's meaningful in, in two ways. One, welcome, because this is what you're going to have to deal with. But two, man, what a fucking statement in your first year as head coach for the team to have a moment like that where you're standing up for the team and and your, your franchise player going forward. I mean, it says a lot to, to the guys in the locker room, I imagine. Uh, to to go out there and defend them like that, even though you know, like you said, he probably didn't pay that fine. But the league really doesn't like it when you, I mean, all sports leagues, I'm sure you guys know, don't like it when you question officiating. So well, it, I think it was refreshing than... to see a Toronto coach out there laying it all in line like that for for the squad because that is pretty ridiculous. Twenty three to two is a little bit outrageous. Yeah. Like, even if it was 23 to 12, you can say, okay, yeah, it was a little whatever, but 23 to 2, that's bad. You know, and, especially. <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, like, you could talk about fixing. Like, that's not really trying to hide it. Like, if you're trying to fix the game, like, that's pretty blatant. I just think it's, it's when all leagues are under extreme scrutiny with how bad the officiating is. Um, I know that the NHL goes through it with certain calls and the NFL goes through it. Um, obviously the NBA, the, uh, MLB is getting roasted to the point that mm. there's people that are actively saying, take them out and just go completely automatic, especially with, which is another side thing. CES just ended. And with the prevalence of AI at CES this year, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if sooner rather than later we see, you know, AI and robot umps more prevalent in MLB, but I digress. 
like that just can't this shit like this can't happen uh regardless of who the teams are and yeah as much as you like darko standing up for the team and the guys and it buys good credit obviously for those guys in there and you know make them want to play for him but just think of all you have your lakers you have your um your even your knicks you have your you know philly or uh, sorry 76ers clippers like you have your big name nba teams your celtics and shit like that and then you have like your bottom tier teams in terms of popularity i and not to say the raptors are bottom tier in popularity because they're a pretty popular team but in terms of the nba's priority list and what this does is to them say that now anytime we go in and have to play you know lebron or durant or anybody like that it's not just the team that we're playing against is stacked against us. Now we have to worry about the officials and maybe there's a mandate from coming down from people up in the NBA to say, you know, don't make it obvious. Although this one was, but you know, we need it to, we need these teams in a better position so that come playoff times, we have storylines, we have good rivalries, we have this and that because that's what drives the money. Um, I don't know. I just think like, at some point, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised some kind of investigation in some of these leagues with how some of these, you know, officiating goes. And with the NBA that's already had a scandal in their history with a ref, you know, betting on games and shit like that, it's not a good look. I don't I don't know how they could have it happen again and it not be completely like I mean, I guess they would survive because I think as a as a culture, we're like, oh, that sucks. Next, <laughs> right? Like, but the NBA not prioritizing Toronto seems fucking wild to me. Uh, you saw the the championship celebration. Like, compare that to any other championship celebration in the NBA. Toronto blows it out of the fucking water, like bar none. Oh yeah. Um, you you have the the market of an entire country, and sure, maybe they don't they aren't as appealing uh, south like you know sure like the 38 million people in canada that you could market to versus the 300 and some odd maybe almost close to 400 in the u.s you know but at the end of the day i don't know like a 38 million dollar market as a team versus it's the same argument as the blue jays right the thing that gets me with the the umpires in baseball one though is that like fouls in the nba at least have a level of interpretation like a strike zone has significantly less interpretation, right? These these guys are actively graded on accuracy by an account, and there's there's definitely a level of accountability there on something that it should be relatively scientific. The like it's objective. And, yeah, like a strike well, like a strike zone can be dependent on the player, but relatively speaking, it's proportionate to the the home plate, right, and your chest. So it's it's wild that the MLB is so bad, but this, like, this is, this is MLB levels of strike zone calling bad in terms of an NBA game. So I just, I just don't know, like no, no team, like you said, no team is that clean. Dustin, you're right. Like you cough and someone fouls. No team is two fouls in a quarter clean and no team, especially the Raptors who look at that fucking roster. They're not goons. Right. So, Maybe the perception is they have to foul or because they can't keep up. So the refs are harder on them. I don't know. 
It's hard for me to believe like the fix is in though. Like it is, but what do I know? Yeah, I'm with you. It's it seems suspect, but at the same time, I don't think there's anything overly malicious about it. But then again, who does? Do you think he can accomplish <laughs> any? Like you, you know how they say in hockey, when you get a penalty, you argue because you want the next call to go in your way. You go your favor, right? Do you think there's any merit to Darko having this fight so that you know future refs are more aware or the league is more aware, saying, "Hey, like you really got to make sure you're like, are they fighting for the next set of calls or set of games here? Like, does that make a difference? I don't know. Yeah, I can see that because if there was something, you know, awry, even if it wasn't for this particular game, but if the referees did have something going on that didn't even include the Toronto Raptors. They might be like, hey, let's uh you know get the, the, the heat off us a little bit for the next uh couple games and maybe we resume our shenanigans later. So Not maybe that the Raptors should be winning. No, they shouldn't so, be. No, we don't want them to. Well, I mean I don't well, you know, it doesn't matter because the the first round pick is going to uh, San Antonio, isn't it? Protected. Top six protected. Oh right, that's right. I forgot it's protected. So we just need to be in the six. As long as we're not in the seven spot. Eat. How do you not top 10 protect that? Like, why six? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's, how does that number come about? You know? And I, yeah. They were like, like how, I wonder how those negotiations went. Top 10 protected. No. Seven? No. Eight. Seven. Eight. Six. Fine. We'll take six. Yeah. It's, I, I wonder if at some point it becomes like a standardized thing. We're saying you can't protect outside of top five, you know, because, the NHL does it too. And I wonder if, but the NHL's it's not top X, it's lottery protected because you could be, you know, the 11th worst team and move up. And if you've won that lottery pick, you can only move up like seven spots, but that pick is protected because you won the lottery slot. So um, I wonder if the NBA goes to a look guys, you can protect it, but it's only spots one through five. And that's As, it. Looking back, like I don't know that Jakob Pertle is going to be any better than the seventh pick <laughs> if it gets swapped. Right? Yeah. Oh boy. Well, Darko Rakovic is not the only head coach making headlines over the past week. Seemingly, as soon as we stopped recording last week, a whole flood of head coaching news hit the hit the wire. Black Monday and. It would be Black Monday, but it, you don't feel like these guys should have been involved, though. Bill Belichick, I know, was rumored all season to be, you know, maybe on his way out of New England, but now it's official that they mutually agreed to part ways. That's the story on Bill Belichick. Then Pete Carroll gets let go in Seattle. Which, and then you had... Shocking. Absolutely. And then you had Nick Saban announce his retirement, like, the next day. And plus, just after the fallout of NFL wildcard weekend, it hasn't happened yet, but who knows by the time this episode goes live, there's talk of Mike Tomlin parting ways with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. And he still has a year left in his contract. That may not happen. Not just Mike Tomlin, dude. Like Mike McCarthy's probably got to be shown the door. And that is a distinct possibility. Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. Sirianni, yeah. 
also to as of two hours ago uh we were talking about this before the show dustin but apparently mike tomlin had told the players he plans on coaching the team next year so if it's up to him he's there now the steelers are obviously very historical that they don't just let guys go i don't think have they ever fired a coach they've never fired a coach they could always like bill belichick just mutually agree to part ways for sure. Yeah. But but they rode they rode Bill Cower into the into the sunset and then handed over to Tomlin. And mm-hmm. he's been like like model of consistency. But look, he's look never what he's missed, had to do. Look what he has to do. He's never missed playoffs. He, he had to get he had to get Ryan Mason Rudolph into the playoffs. Yeah. And TJ Watt out for fair chunks of the season and that game. So um but yeah, like and I know Jim and said Mike McCarthy as well. And we were kind of talking about this beforehand, but with guys of that ilk available, if you're Mike McCarthy, you're sweating right now. Like, don't get me wrong. If he gets let go, I'm sure he'll find a job real quick somewhere as a head coach. But if you're really content and happy and want to stay on as the Dallas Cowboys coach with a guy like Belichick or even Pete Carroll or you know, potentially even Mike Tomlin sitting there, man, you gotta be like the butt sweats in that seat must be swampy. Is Bill Belichick the greatest coach of all time? It's hard to say now that you've seen it without Brady. John Madden, right? Nick Saban. Vince Lombardi, Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Nick Saban couldn't cut it in the NFL, so no. He's the greatest college coach <laughs> of all time, but and I hate Nick Saban. So I mean, I just think, you know, if you're Mike McCarthy and if Jerry Jones picks up that phone, there's few people who could convince Belichick to come to the Cowboys if he's ready to chill. We forgot about you know, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Mike Vrabel too. Like that was shocking out of Tennessee because he did a lot with very little on that team. Outside of Derrick Henry when he's healthy, I mean, they have not a lot there that to work with, and we're still a decent competitive team. But if you're if you're Jerry Jones, who's your first call? Like, say if you're seriously considering getting rid of Mike McCarthy, who is your call? Like, who do you want coaching the Dallas Cowboys next year? All of those guys. As much as people want to say, you. well, Belichick is the obvious. I don't think Belichick's the obvious answer. I I'll tell genuinely you, think. I'll, I'll tell you who I'm, I'm making phone call to. with a Vrabel or Pete Carroll, to me. With a boatload of cash. I'm calling Deion Sanders. <laughs> oh, prime time, baby. <laughs> I'm calling Deion Sanders. And I'm saying, I know you say you said you're staying in Colorado, but I'm going to give you $85 million, $85 million to coach this team. I mean, that's the thing is what he did in that first season with Colorado with a whole new team, whole new roster, everything with guys that have never really played D1 ball before. It's pretty impressive. Like, I know it wasn't a successful season on record, but. Deion I was mean, a cowboy. Yeah. You know, and, and to I, me, I don't know. Like, we'll get into it. Actually, I'm going to save that for when we go to the wild card to talk about the game and the Dallas Cowboys. But. I don't know, man. I, it's wild for for coaches. Like, 
it's you look at some of these guys like Mike McCarthy through how many years? Twelve wins? Probably gonna get fired. Sirianni came off Super Bowl. Probably gonna get fired. Um, Vrabel, like you said, was a playoff team. Probably gonna get fired. Um, who else? Like what were we talking about? Well, the, the Falcon Falcons coach got fired, but he's trash anyway. So yeah, Arthur's I heard the Falcons were gonna yeah. interview Belichick too. Well, I'm sure everyone wants to interview Bill Belichick. Right, everyone and has if a you're coaching. Bill Belichick, even if you don't want to work, I'm taking every meeting because I'm getting food. Okay. <laughs> your flight, you're getting flown out. Probably getting sleeveless hoodies from the team. <laughs> like, but like, okay, so here's the thing: out of all those, so if you're the Cowboys, like I said, personally, I think Carroll or Vrabel might be your best for the team, best option. Obviously, if you're Jerry Jones, you're throwing everything you possibly can probably at Bill Belichick. But if you're Bill Belichick, which team would you want? Because there's also the chance that there's more with the Rams and the Chargers coming up as well. Ooh, that's a good question. If you're Bill Belichick and you had your choice of open seats, where would you go? What would you take, Dustin? Well, if you're, if you're Billy Bells. And you're, you're mauling around the house. You're in furry slippers and a sleeveless hoodie and your boxers and you're looking at a map like you're in a video game and the boxers have tom brady on them where are you going like what what team as its current state granted obviously when he comes in he's probably making moves because he's probably going to want full control like he did I hope not he fucking sucks at drafting <laughs> right but which team on paper right now in your Bill Belichick do you look at and you say, that gives me the best chance out of all the opportunities there? Well, so the, my issue is I'm not sure who else is going to become available in the next couple of weeks, right? So, or in the next couple of days. So, so if it was like tonight and you had like 12 a.m., 11.59 p.m. tonight to make that decision, or what are you thinking a pumpkin. about? Yeah. Or you turn into uh, a ball sack. I don't know if I'd. I would just retire. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> really. Like, what's my option? Seattle. I don't want to. Like, I think what, what I'm getting at is if the Dallas Cowboys job does come up, that's where he's going. But I don't think it's the, if the Cowboys job comes up. I think it's one of those things where Jerry Jones calls him and says, "Are you interested?" Yes, McCarthy's fired. Like, I think it's up to him if he wants the job or not, and well, then it becomes available. Right, but what I'm saying is like that's not currently an open position. So I'm looking at teams that who okay. has the head coach vacancy right now, like Atlanta, no, Seattle, Titans. no, Titans, no. Um, the Chargers, I think, is the most interesting one. I, I still don't think so. I think they're in shambles, honestly. So, and I don't see, I don't see Bel- Belichick going into a situation. Or he has to rebuild the team at seventy-one years old. No, he's win now mode because he wants. To, he's got yes. a record to break. Well, so not just that. He he also has a can do it without Brady thing to break. So that's why I think if the Dallas job comes up, I think that's an attractive destination for him. But if the Dallas job comes up, I think he's going to have competition. Now, obviously, oh, Bill Belichick, greatest uh, greatest coach of all time. How can you have competition? Pete Carroll's competition. And I honestly think there's something going on with Mike Tomlin. And 
boy, would that be a fucking great fit for the Dallas Cowboys to get Mike Tomlin. Yeah. There's also and then there's also it sounds like Jim Harbaugh might be interested in interviewing. Took well, the words out of my mouth. Took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say it. There's also rumblings of Jim Harbaugh being available too. So who just came off a national championship. So there's a lot of options there. A lot of options. Yeah. I, I personally, I, I think Harbaugh goes back to California. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a Chargers job right there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, or if the Raiders I mean, don't go with Pierce. Although Tennessee might be down for Belichick because as we Dustin reminded me prior to the show, he's from Tennessee. Would it be weird if Vrabel went to New England and Belichick went to Tennessee? New England already got their coach. They hired the guy like right after the Belichick announcement. It was yeah, it was um Yeah, they promoted like Jared Mayo. Yeah. It was Jared Mayo. (laughs) Joe Mayo. Jared Mayo. Whatever. Jerry, go over there, speakers. Make sure no one touches the music. All right. <laughs> oh, Seinfeld's fantastic. But That's it's funny. this might be the highest profile list of coaches to either be let go or walk away from their team in one span of like yeah, it's kind of like the quarterback quarterback turnstile of last season. Like I feel like it's coaches this year. Yeah. It's there, it's Dude, gonna be a lot think of about the high profile up. coaches just from like, like let's consider Tomlin in play Belichick Carroll Tomlin and Harbaugh that's wild yeah and they're like like Dustin was saying is what else comes in the next couple of days if Sirianni's let go in in Philly and you know Dude, I'm trying to think if of Buffalo loses left. I know we're gonna get to this I imagine Sean McDermott's out the door. Yeah, because I wouldn't be three, surprised. Three, four weeks ago, people were calling for his head anyway. Yeah. So then Buffalo I becomes like, a... Yeah, we'll, I guess we'll get to it soon, but I feel like the win that Buffalo pulled out, I think that saves his job for the season at least. I don't know if losing in the division round is going to Dude, cost him his job, KFC, but it might. KFC. <laughs> KFC. <laughs> they lose to KFC. That's Dude, their new nickname going forward. Yeah. Everybody loses, every football player loses to KFC. Oh, I should probably the cut that Kentucky out. Kentucky Fried Chiefs. Um, oh, what's it called? Good. Uh, <laughs> if they lose to KC for a third year in a row, uh, I don't know, man. That's going to be – that's a tough pill to swallow. At least they're at home. I mean, we'll get to that. I'm. What, let's just move there because we're all we're, – we're being dragged in that direction. Well, we'll move there in a second. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S.ca or .com. And remember, go to nowyourtreasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 
to receive 43% off your next order. Before we get to the NFL wildcard weekend, I do have to give us, or give everyone, I should say, the update that we have exclusively found for the Toronto Blue Jays offseason. <laughs> and that has been your update on the Toronto Blue Jays offseason. And we'll move right along into NFL wildcard weekend. <laughs> oh, I like it. Thank you. For it that. all kicked off. Okay, hold on. Let's back up a bit. I went and got a haircut on uh, Friday afternoon. And one Paul Anthony asked me, hey, man, I need some help with my football picks. Who should I take? So I started looking at it and I said, you know what? I I don't think Joe Flacco is going to get it done. Texans are at home. They're on a roll. CJ Stroud is a real deal. I'll take the Texans. And you know what? I don't think the Dolphins have it. The Chiefs are going to figure this out. And not just because of that, but I think Taylor Swift is the good luck charm. And I think she is going to have to be at the Super Bowl. So I'm riding that KC train right now. So I told him to take the Texans and the Chiefs. He did neither of those things. And of course, they they turned out perfectly. Now, I don't want to say like I'm some sort of fucking genius or something, because the very next day, I picked uh, the Cowboys and the Rams to win. So you know what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you win some, you lose some. And in this case, the Texans were the winners of the first game of the wild card weekend where they just pumped the Cleveland Browns. It was one team deserved to be there and one team didn't deserve to be there. Wipe yourself off, man. You dead. That's for, for poor Joe Flacco. Oh. Everyone you guys hyped. take any... I don't know if pride is the right word, but any joy in seeing Joe Flacco not succeed because of uh, his tenure with the Jets? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I mean, the, he seemed like a nice enough guy, right? Like, so. Yeah. Good guy. Um, yeah. Uh, the whole, like, <laughs> the whole, like, from the couch to the field for Joe Flacco was very much the uh, Eddie Falco story from the replacements. That's what it felt like. Shane so, Falco. Eddie Falco is the, the actress. <laughs> Who's Eddie Falco? <laughs> she's, she's the actress from The Sopranos. Falco could scramble throats deep. You know, when I heard Falco, I was immediately thinking of uh, Captain she Falcon gets, from Super Smash Brothers. Oh, very she gets, good. Uh, yeah. She gets sacked, which yeah. is cut in half. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Adora Forest, Ophelactory, Marinations. <laughs> Eddie Fal- Edie Falco. Shane Falco. Not even a real Shane. person. <laughs> but anyway. Shane Falco, Keanu Reeves' role in the replacements. Um, Underrated sports movie. It's a good one. But yeah, I thought uh, Joe Flacco's story was very similar. He's like, just gets up and gets into a game to replace somebody. But nah, I don't, I don't feel bad. Um, I think, I think it was a, a decent success story up to there. But dude, CJ Stroud is literally him. Like he is. Oh yeah. 
there's he made, he made it look easy. There's like, a case to be made again that he he. I wonder how many MVP votes he would have got. Like, there's a case. I know you're all lambjack, Dustin, but like C.J. Stroud definitely going to be rookie of the year. But man, well, you that think, team. About, think about where the Texans were at the beginning of the season. People are like, fuck this team. That's insane. It's true. Well, I just think not just even where they are now. Like if these guys stay together, where they'll be, you know, moving. Yeah, they're all forward. young. He's got two legit receivers at minimum with Tank Dell and and I think we were talking about this last week in Nico Collins. They've got a legit tight end in Schultz. Sing they have <clears throat> Singletary there as well, although he's probably a little older. Um, but just all around, they're already a decent team that they're probably one or two pieces away. But it's just CJ Stroud commands that field and that team like a guy who's been in the league 10 years. Yeah, he looks you like know what I mean? Yeah, it really does. I don't know. What, what do you think of... Christian hey Jesus Stroud. I've been all over CJ Stroud as of last week. So <laughs> as of um, last week. <laughs> ever since that interview with Pat McAfee, I was like, yeah, okay, I like this kid now. So I didn't um, see it. He just seemed like a nice dude and he kind of like he gets it. I think that's the especially for a young guy, and that's the thing. There's it's hard, man, to come into a new team and learn a playbook. And run the playbook and be the guy, be the face of the team as such a young guy, right? So, what he's doing is remarkable, honestly, as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And especially, I just think of the NFL wildcard weekend preview on ESPN and Stephen A. Smith saying, ah, he's a rookie. He's, he's, got, he's got nothing. There's no way a rookie's uh, doing this. I'm like, well. <laughs> Yeah, so far. And there are other players that you think are poised to make a big impact, and they didn't. And I guess that's our next game. That's well, the Miami I'll, Dolphins. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, before we get to the Dolphins part, I was going to say, do you think this is enough to elevate him to be like considered either now or very soon elite quarterback of the league? Or do you think there needs to be more? Like... If- if he wins the next, if game. he's competitive, if he's competitive against the Ravens, or does he have to beat the Ravens? If he beats the Ravens, I know Dustin, you're, you're, you don't think it'll happen because the Ravens have the MVP, and you know they're by far and away probably the best team in the postseason right now. But if he beats the Ravens, man, that that'll be a statement and a half. Yeah, for sure. If they end up, if they go into Baltimore and get that win and move on to the AFC Championship game, then absolutely people have to consider him one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But that's a tall I mean, task. You oh, look yeah. at his body of work so far this year. It's, he's he's done everything you can ask. He, he throws a long ball. He's able to scramble and make plays. He has a, a little bit of – he doesn't have a, two, a big run game. He has a little bit of a run game. But I just think he's, he's everything you want. Like you said, Dustin, even with the head on his shoulders and how his – um, 
how he approaches being in the league and having that position. I think it's everything you could ask for. And I think the Texans are have a hell of a pick on their hands. A hell of a player is Tyreek Hill. Okay, honestly, probably number one in wide receiver by far in the NFL. Raheem Mostert had a record-breaking year. Most touchdowns ever scored by a Dolphins running back. And for 31-year-old, too. And then you have some janky left-handed uh, <laughs> quarterback <laughs> throw, st- throwing the ball, and it all kind of falls apart. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are an interesting team to me because... They don't look like unbeatable like they used to be. They're definitely a beatable team now. I look in that backfield and I don't trust Pacheco or Hardman or a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or whomever else they want to throw out there. I don't trust any of them, honestly. And the problem all year seemed to be, well, they got no wide receivers. They got rid of Tyree Kill and now they got nothing. And then Rashi Rice catches eight passes for 130 yards and a touchdown. It's like, oh, well, I guess he's okay. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all context sometimes. Travis Kelsey like didn't catch a touchdown, but he still had a hell of a game. And he's doing well for himself in other ways. I am confident in that the Kansas City Chiefs are at least going to make it to the AFC Championship game. And I wouldn't even doubt that they end up going to the Super Bowl. This Taylor Swift storyline, this this whole thing just it's just so perfect. And she's getting into it, man. See that the fucking dance moves, the whole thing. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining television. Talk about the fixes then. They're gonna get married. Hey, dude, if she's at the Super Bowl, he's gonna propose. They should shadow drop it. Just, you know just I mean? they like, see her with a ring and it's just like, oh. It would here's the here's the shot, okay? No, they win. The cover. She's yeah, up it's on the cover thing. people magazine. Hmm. Hold on, hold on. They're holding the Lombardi trophy together and taking a picture. And you see her hand has a big fucking rock on it. Yeah. At that moment. No like public No man. You know, proposal or some shit, but like they're holding TV, the Lombardi trophy together. On one knee. This man is getting on one no, knee on national. No, TV. no, 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 If no, it happened, no. it would break everything. Swifty's hearts would go nuts. They the would money. The money. <sighs> yeah, that that's the thing, is if he planned on doing it. You know someone from the league's already in his ear being like, hey, man. <laughs> are you serious about that? How serious are you? Yeah, how serious? Because if you're planning on doing this. <laughs> the marketing department gives him a phone call. Hey, Trav. Just want to ask you, how serious is this thing between you and Taylor? Okay, hold on. If we're going down this road. Now, like, I'm, now I'm booking it. Okay, so <laughs> if we are going down this road. Imagine this. Game-winning touchdown. There'll be a prop. Game-winning touchdown. Travis Kelsey. His touchdown celebration is a proposal. Down on one knee, pulls the ring out of his hand, out of his tights or whatever the fuck. A shoe. That would hurt. The size of the rock that he would have in there, That's though, true. that would no. That he would, would, he would have hurt. a suit. He would have a, like a pseudo one. She get the real one after. Yeah. You know, that's wild. That'd be like that'd be Terrell Owens levels of celebration. It'd be the greatest celebration end zone celebration of all time. And then after. She drops a song, and he does like a hip hop interlude. You know how how they how like 
white guys do that in songs sometimes? The best part. What if she? What <laughs> if he? Mike does, <laughs> Mike <Shinoda. laughs> what if he does that and she says no? <laughs> she's just she's in the box going, <laughs> and they film it. Oh boy! It's like her sitting right beside uh, Jason Kelsey, and she says no, and then puts her arm around him. <laughs> just get, kisses biggest, him. I, biggest heel turn is the Steph yeah. McMahon Triple H all over. And again. then it's Jason versus Travis at WrestleMania 87. Hey, <laughs> man. Taylor's in the corner. And then Travis. Bow, you and then you he holds, joke and you laugh. And then he holds possible, her up. Honestly. And yeah, then no, he holds right. her up like Miss Elizabeth. But seriously, though, if, if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, there's going to be a prop on whether Kelsey's for sure proposes there. Oh, man. I hope so. A thousand percent, there'll be a prop. Anyway, this is all I'm saying. I, I just want to see you chiefs there for the props. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. You know what? That's going to be, I got to, I'm probably not going to bet on any games until the Super Bowl because I'm just going to put all the money into the different props and shit on, on that day. But can we talk about, well, actually, let's talk about the, I guess you're going to preview that game after. You want to talk but about the, the Dolphins, game? but yeah, the well, the Dolphins and the, the Chiefs. Well, Man, we'll get there. We'll get there. Dolphins might be one of the fraudulent teams of the league, no? Oh, well. I think they have the same the same issue that the Cowboys had. They didn't beat mm. good teams. And the one thing that the Cowboys could have rested their hat on, their cowboy hat, <laughs> is that they is they had an eight and no record at home this year. So Yeah. Yeah, the Cowboys struggled against good teams this year, but that's like, I mean, everyone struggles against good teams. So, I mean, that's not necessarily a fair thing to say. Like, you're not going to go undefeated. You're going to lose some games. Right, but when your entire record as the Dolphins is sub, like, what, 1-7 in seven against teams above 500? Or like 1-6 in six against teams above 500? That's not a... Like that's not struggling against good teams. That's unplayable against good teams. Yeah, you're not you're not on that level. Who and you know what? It's speaking of on that level. The Dallas Cowboys are not on that level. They'd no. like to think they are. But they are not on that level. How about them Cowboys? How about this motherfucker? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? This motherfucker who I've had on my fantasy team. <laughs> And I he scored a touchdown. He scored I, a touchdown in week one. And then he didn't score another touchdown again for like a month and a half. Then he was injured. Down the stretch, he did jack shit. And all of a sudden, Aaron Jones. Aaron motherfucking Jones comes out of nowhere, puts up 135 all purpose yards, whatever the number was, and scores three touchdowns. Against the Dallas Cowboys. Three touchdowns. The Cowboys Dude, had no answer for Aaron Jones. It's almost like they realized, huh, if we don't throw the ball in Micah Parsons' direction, <laughs> everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, maybe. And Aaron Jones had himself a day. Dude, is there a more... Is there, okay. Outside of C.J. Stroud, is there a better quarterback story this year than Jordan Love? I was just going to ask you that. Where do we feel Jordan Love is in the conversation now, too? Because we're talking a lot about C.J. Stroud. 
And I hear a lot of Packers fans celebrating as if like we had Favre and then we had Rodgers and now we got Love. Like they're just they're they're okay with it. They're like, yep, we just got another Hall of Fame quarterback dropped to us. That's how how things go. Now, obviously, I think they're they're being a bit um, hyperbolic and saying something like that. But hey, man, can you name first, it? Hey, can first we, career can we, NFL playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas? Wins. Can we name the quarterbacks ahead of Jordan Love. So like, Patty Mahomes, C.J. Stroud. Um, Are you talking about guys you would want on your team? Yeah, like just we would ranking like rank them: Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes, C.J. Stroud, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar yeah. Jackson. Jalen Hurts. Well, uh, well <laughs> we'll talk about that. A full a fully healthy Jalen Hurts, I think probably, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. Oh yeah, a fully like, healthy Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um I mean, Herbert? if it was if it was if it was the beginning of the year, yeah, if it was the beginning of the year, you would definitely say Herbert and you'd definitely yeah. say Trevor Lawrence. But Brock, Brock Purdy. Well, you got to put Zach Wilson on that list now, too, for putting Brock Purdy. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is, like, there's an argument to be made. He's in the top 10 or 12. Top 10. I would say he's top 10. I mean, if you're the Jets right now and the Packers are like, hey, we'll give you Jordan Love for Zach Wilson and a pick, you're stroking it as you make that that deal. That's not not happening. Better, Better comparison here. What if you're the Dallas Cowboys? And like, hey, we'll 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 do a trade. Dak Prescott versus Jordan Love. Do you take that trade? Jerry Jones, probably. I think you do. It depends though, because like here's the thing that system was built right now for Dak, right? So if you if you're getting a new head coach who is more in line with how Jordan Love plays, then yeah, probably. And I know like I'm adding also, yeah, I think there's something special it. going on in Green Bay. They're the youngest team in the league. And somehow they've got they've seemed to have this figured out. Like they've been kind of on a, a quiet tear throughout the back half of the year. So yeah, remember that, when they dummied the Lions? Mm-hmm. Right? No, I agree. Um Yeah, he looks good. I mean, and it's they're also but missing so did, so did Dobbs. So did Joe, like they like the whole team looked good. Well, Watson's still not playing too. Who's arguably their number one receiver when healthy? Did he, did he play? I, I think, think he did play, didn't he? Oh, did he? Because <laughs> yeah, I know they were did. saying he was questionable for the start of the game. You mean Christian Watson? He definitely played. Okay. And doesn't look like he did much. He did not do much. <laughs> so he basically wasn't out there. And all the more impressive, I suppose. Um yeah, so I We'll get to it when we talk about next week's games, but I don't know if I'm even buying what's happening here in Green Bay, but maybe. Maybe they have a lot to prove. Or maybe it's just the Cowboys can't get it done. Maybe the Cowboys just trying to make plays for the NFL. Ouch. You know, it's true. Very accurate. This was the only game this weekend. And by game, I mean it was actually close. It was the Lions and Rams in Detroit. It was Matt Stafford come back to Detroit. And hey, you know what? Also, shout out to Puka Nakua. Yeah, most, mm. most receiving yards ever for a rookie in a playoff game for 181 yards. That's incredible. Yeah, that's crazy. 
All for naught, though, because <laughs> the Detroit Lions pulled out the victory there in Detroit. Man, I don't know if I've ever in my lifetime seen, or at least for as long as I've been following football for the past 25 years or whatever, I don't think I've ever seen the Detroit Lions in a position like this. And solid, too. Like, it's not just like they fluked themselves into this game, into winning this game. They just looked complete. You know, the defense did what they had to do. Jared Goff did what he had to do. Um, especially when you had a guy like Pukunakua who kind of having a game the way he did. Um, yeah, like, I think the Lions are legit, to be honest, because they're playing... Who are they playing now? The Lions will get the Buccaneers next. Oh, no. No, the Bucs. Bucs? Yep. I feel like the Bucs are going to get rolled by the Lions, to be honest. We'll get there. But I... I, No, I think they look good. Now, can Jared Goff keep it up? Is this like a one-game wonder type thing? I guess we'll see. I'm worried about because I'm always... The Lions' defense has always been suspect to me. Um, And some of Jared Goff's decision-making, I guess. But, like, Amon Ross St. Brown is a killer. Jameer Gibbs is a killer. David Montgomery is a killer. I mean, he's injured, but Sam Laporta was a killer. Like, I think that's a very high-powered offense. Uh, and you know what? Dan Campbell's a great coach. Yeah, Laporta uh, did play, but you can tell he's not 100%. Yeah, it just he was laboring a lot through that yeah. game. Um, Shout-out to Dan Campbell because, like, that man turned the culture around in Detroit. He wanted, you know, he said from day one, you see it in every clip about, about him, he went for guys with character. Like, there's a certain character he wanted on the Detroit Lions, and it was, like, he wanted assholes. Like, he wanted guys who were who are gritty and, and, and dirty. Um, you know, they have Penny Sewell. They have Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, like, they're, like, they're just, they're lunchbox guys, man, and it's working for them so far. My favorite meme that's going around about the Detroit Lions is the Thanos one. I've, I've probably <laughs> talked about this before, where it's like, Oh, you got what you wanted. Detroit Lions in the playoffs, or now in this case, Detroit Lions advancing to the division round. But what did it cost you? And it's like everything, and it shows the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> so accurate. That's very true. Yeah. This next game was a huge topic of conversation, mainly because the snow would just not stop in Buffalo. <laughs> I've never seen a professional sports team reach out to their fan base and say, hey, everyone bring a shovel I have. <laughs> and join us. Please. We need the help. Bills. They've done it before. This is the first have time. They really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But it's, it's so, embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And But at the same time, it also shows you, like, how much that team means to Northwestern New York. And how I know they got this- that team needs a domed fucking new stadium yeah i don't don't they have like they have plans for a new stadium but i'm pretty sure it's still open air as well like they're not putting it like we have the technology (laughs) we can give you the roof what's the problem i don't get it or a heated field or something i i would imagine there's probably going to be all sorts of heating elements uh involved in the new stadium but having an open air in buffalo is just weird to me yeah. Well, it's like, like I said, Minnesota, they gave them fucking enclosed stadium. New Orleans has a dome because it fucking rains. Yeah. All the time. 
Like it's, uh, I think it's crazy that some fans had to sit in snow. Yeah. Like, oh man. Like some of it looked funny. Like they were putting the their beards on ice. Hemorrhoids, man. Like you're sitting <laughs> on the cold fucking. Yeah. That there's about thirty thousand people that left with a bag. <laughs> Bills win, but a real shitty case of hemorrhoids. Well, I got nothing else for the Bills. Other than, like, we talked about it all show, really. Just, like, the whole situation with Mike Tomlin. And, listen, we, not we, Maddie Bills would be another great destination if they lose for Tomlin, by the way. Yeah, possibly. But at the beginning of the season, we were talking about playoff teams, and Maddie's like, you know what? Steelers always make it. <laughs> Mike Tomlin finds a way. I would be very curious to see what this team looks like without Mike Tomlin next year. If that is, in fact, happening. He is still under contract for another year, so who knows, right? But. And then what I think is probably the least interesting game was the Eagles and Buccaneers, except the fact that the Buccaneers won this game. Dude, Baker Mayfield <laughs> looked like Tom Brady. Oh. Another great meme going around the internet today was Spider-Man 1, where Peter Parker gets his powers and he puts his glasses on and he doesn't need them anymore. So like he had his glasses on and he sees like a blurred out Tom Brady, but he takes his glasses off and it's actually <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of interesting things. One, watching Dallas Goddard give it to Jalen Hurts on the sideline. Oh man, something happened to that team. Like, yeah, one and six or whatever it was down the stretch. Like something happened to the Eagles where, and I don't know if if you know the offense. I think they got a little upset that Jalen got the ball all the time. I don't know if that's what Dallas Goddard was was freaking out about. I don't, I don't remember the context of that clip, but um, and then apparently there's clips of Jason Kelsey saying he's done, like this was yeah. his last one. Adam yeah. Schefter reported that apparently he's he's done. Yeah, I feel bad for Jason. Like he's a Hall of Fame guy, and that's yeah. how a season ends. And and obviously, everyone, someone has to lose. I get that, but the way like they went to the Super Bowl last year. They were they, the odds on favorite. Dummied. And yeah, and <laughs> an embarrassing loss. Sure, you're on the road, but you didn't need to be on the road, right? Like, right. they were dominant in the NFL at all at the beginning of this year. Up until week nine. 10 weeks of the season or whatever it was. Yeah. First nine weeks. And look, there's, a, there's probably a bunch of ways to dissect what happened with the Eagles. You could say, like, maybe the tush push pushed a little too hard. Well, like, I mean, did you, did you watch any of that game? I watched a bit of it, yeah. There was that one, was it Chris Godwin's catch? In the, I forget who was in the end zone. Where it just looked like the defense had no, like, the, the Philadelphia defense looked like they checked out. Right. Like, it, it just looked sure. like, like there were tackles that could have been made that just weren't. Like, it just seemed like they had given up on the season. Like, they were like, nah, we'll get them next year. Like, that's what it looked like. Yeah, something strange happened with this Eagles team. And we were talking think- about it all year. Like, yeah. down the stretch, we, we go through every single week of the NFL season, and we were saying, like, this Eagles team looks suspect right now. And you can definitely say, okay, obviously, A.J. Brown is banged up. And Jalen Hurts is out there with eight fingers. So, I guess you always have eight fingers. Seven fingers. They didn't fingers. have A.J. Brown last year, and they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, had AJ Brown last year. I thought they had AJ Brown last year. Oh, maybe they did. I don't remember. 
doesn't matter. The point is, they were the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, to be eliminated in the first round, to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> it's an embarrassment. But we also said, and, we also said, like, let's not be for, let's not really, like, forget ourselves saying how legit we thought the Bucks looked and Baker looked. Like, if you look at Baker's numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah all, uh, every game this year, I felt like I said, is Baker Mayfield good? <laughs> like, yeah. I almost made that joke every single week because every single week, Baker Mayfield was throwing for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I even jokingly, yes, and I wasn't serious in any way, but I jokingly suggested that Baker Mayfield should be in the conversation for MVP this year. Because I mean, he, when, people were Dak, when people were yeah. talking about Dak, when people were talking about Dak's stats, like he was right up. He was almost identical. Back when it was, it, I don't think Lamar was in the conversation at the time. It was like, is it Jalen Hurts or is it Dak Prescott or is it like Brock someone Brady like or... Christian McCaffrey or uh, Tyreek Hill? And I'm like, what about Baker Mayfield, who has better stats? Yeah. yeah. Now the team isn't as good and that's where you can always bring it down to, but Hey man, apparently the team's better than the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you, do you think someone banged someone's wife? That's the Corey Perry situation. <laughs> Not that Corey Perry did that, but that was the scuttlebutt, of course, of what Corey Perry did. Oh no, the scuttlebutt was that he banged someone's mom. But right. yes, <laughs> the um. Like, yeah, do you think like obviously is not true, but yes, okay. not true. It was funny yes. to think about. It was true. <laughs> Maybe he's a leaf down the stretch. Who knows? Hey, but, you never know. Yeah, we'll 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 get there. But um, I'll buy a jersey. I just I don't know, like to have such a complete one eighty and collapse the way the Eagles did. Like Jim's right, something happened in that room to tear and them apart. You know, it's funny if you look, if you watch some clips from the Jason and Travis like the Kelsey podcast, you can see Jason looks frustrated at a certain point in the season and like almost like exhausted. Yeah. So like I don't know it, like you said if, if if it was like a mental or physical exhaustion, but so, yeah, something wasn't right, man. Like his demeanor changes when talking about the Eagles right around week 10, week 11 when there seemed to be some sort of like lack of effort or whatever. So I don't know. It's, it's, maybe it's that, such a weird scenario. Maybe that's it. Maybe you have the veterans in there like, guys, we got to work harder. And some of the younger guys or whatever think they were just going to tiptoe their way right into the Super Bowl. And then they'll say, oh, that's when we'll do it. Do you know what I mean? But we now know all the games and the matchups and the times and the networks for the next four games because we're only down to eight teams now that's it so when you're making a parlay you're going to make a parlay for the whole week the weekend i should say interestingly enough i feel like the ravens aren't getting the respect they deserve and maybe this is partly the texans fault but the ravens who had the best record in the nfl are playing a saturday afternoon game at 4 30 and then the primetime game is the Packers versus the 49ers. And then the so they're both on the Saturday. And then the Sunday of the Bucks and Lions. And you have the Chiefs and Bills in primetime on Sunday night. Well, that should what? be the Sunday night game. Yeah, that's so, well, if I'm just saying anything, I'm just saying if you have the buy, it should be the Ravens in a either Saturday or Sunday prime uh, primetime, and then the 49ers Saturday or Sunday on primetime. I'm just saying whoever gets the buys should be in the primetime slots. What's but the I Saturday guess Saturday primetime spot again is the 49ers and Packers. 
So both teams who had a bye are playing on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe I think it's because both the Ravens and the uh, Texans Maybe they asked them. Like expansion. Well, the what? Ravens were relocated. Where They were Baltimore. They were uh, Cleveland, right? They were Cleveland before, yes. Yeah. So I just, there's I just think, less cachet. I, I think it's definitely what it is, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think especially with Chiefs Bills and the history that those te- two teams have had over the past couple years, arguably the greatest football game ever played in the past, what, 20 years was that Chiefs Bills game. Was it last year or the year before? Where two years ago, you, yeah. yeah, like that game deserves to be the Sunday night primetime game for sure. Yeah, it's like Rock Austin three, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and also don't forget about Taylor Swift. Yeah, and you know Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey's getting closer to a proposal. You heard it here first. Um, I I I think the other one. Yeah, I think like the 49ers Packers deserves to be the other one. It's hard too because when you have. Patrick Mahomes and the super defending Super Bowl champions against the Bills, who are a historical team, against you know the Lions, the Bucks, the Texans, or the Ravens. Like, who else would you really put between those two games in that slot? And you're I not gonna also, you're not gonna unseat the Niners. It also, I think, has to do with the fact that the Texans are involved, and they're not the sexy team either. So, for now, not yet. For yeah. now. Yeah, they very well could be a you year know what, from now. We'll talk yeah, about look at those Titans. stupid, sexy look, Titans. <laughs> look at those eight teams. This whole thing's wide open, man. Yeah. Mm. So we'll start with Saturday afternoon. The Texans are going to Baltimore to play the Ravens. We got C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson. It is currently set at nine Ooh. point favorite for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm taking the Texans. I'll give you the points with the Texans. Um, or to cover, sorry. Um, yeah. They could win. Nine seems like a lot. I actually think they could win. And if Baltimore wins, I think it's like three to five points. But if I had to call it, oh, fuck. I think Baltimore's defense is too good. I w- I'm going to take... Ravens for sure, but nine is a lot. So I'm with you, James. I think if you're betting money line, just take the Ravens. But I think if you're betting, you know, against the spread, I, uh, Texans all day. And that's the over under is 44 and a half. I feel like this could be a bit of a shootout, though. No. Yeah, I think so. Too. Mm. Like I like that 44 and a half. I, I see it being at least 50. Like I wouldn't be shocked if that's over 50. Yeah, I could see it being like a 27, 28. Or sorry, twenty seven, twenty five, or like twenty eight, yeah. twenty three, something. Like I just that. think like while the Ravens' defense, yes, is very good. I do think a extra week off. We've seen it in every sport that the time off to rest and whatever, while teams are playing and they're loose, and especially with a team like the Texans, which are loose and don't have a lot to in terms of pressure to to play for, like. That's a lot for you know the Ravens to overcome being like yeah. okay sitting there waiting and then having all this pressure being the number one seed in the NFL and you know that's tough. And the Not Texans being... have no Texans have no pressure. They're happy to be exactly, there, which could be a which could be a positive, right? And while the Ravens are off, they're on a fucking boat with Odell Beckham Jr. So that can be a problem. <laughs> 
We've seen it before. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. So, they could get Beckhamed. So, uh, Maddie, what about you? Moneyline or Money spread? Line? Like, you don't have to pick both. I'm just saying, like, what would you think for Ravens Texans? He's I'm going to take the Texans. Great okay. Radio. This is great radio. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, like you, the, people can't see it, but you guys could see it. That I'm staring intently at the. He's deep in thought. Yeah. I. I. I just think. And again, this is different sport, but when you see hockey, when you see teams that sweep another team and have like an extra four or five days off and a team goes to a game seven and they're like, oh, they're tired. They got to play in two nights and they just went through a hell of a series. They roll through the team that just swept another yeah, team. There's ring rust. Look at remember when Florida came in, they had to travel halfway across the country and dummied the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the yeah. same thing. Like the Leafs took Tampa in what, five or six and florida came back from down three games to one against the bruins and then just came in and just rolled through the rest of the league on their way to a cup final because they were in game mode yeah yep and i think a lot of that's the texans is it what happens is in my head this is and i know i'm kind of dragging this one on i think with the team like the ravens with that much time off they have time to think and the texans are just autopilot they don't have to think. They're not overthinking. They're just going in there, playing their game. So I'll take the Texans. It's a bit of a long okay. shot, but it could be like the Detroit Red Wings who couldn't make it into Toronto, and they had to push the game back. And they finally arrived, and the Toronto Maple Leafs' own equipment staff was helping the Detroit uh, Red Wings load their shit off their bus, and they came in to stomp the Maple Leafs. It'd be like yeah. that. Yep, just exactly. Like that. Just like that. So yeah, I'll go Texans. You know what? I'm gonna lay money, and I'm gonna lay money on the money line because that's plus three ten value there. Woo! With a Nico Collins touchdown. Oh, now we're getting to degeneracy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a one forty five for him, and actually, there's no minus um, money on anyone for a touchdown. Lamar's the closest thing with a one hundred five. And then yeah, Ravens are always all over the place. They don't think anyone's gonna score a touchdown. Yeah, it's going to be a 3 nothing game. Like, <laughs> Raiders and... Justin Tucker with uh, eight field goals to win the game. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I'm going to take... Packers, Texans, 49ers. Okay, T- Texans money line for Matty. Uh, Packers, 49ers. Well, I mean, if you look at the pure offense of the 49ers with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and of course, Christian McCaffrey... I'm, in, I'm intentionally not saying Brock Purdy because I don't believe in him. George but George Kittle. There's a lot of firepower there. And then on the other side, you got apparently the greatest running back to ever play the game in Aaron Jones. <laughs> and of course, a top 10 quarterback that we just uh, established in Jordan Love. The game, of course, is in San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, actually, I think this is the highest spread. Uh, it sure is. It's higher than the Ravens nine. It's nine and a half. Oh, you have nine. I have nine and a half for Ravens, Texans, and for Packers, Niners. No, maybe it changed literally in the last <laughs> minute. Oh, okay, yeah, might have. Maybe there's something we don't know. Something just oh. changed. The lines have sh- or or <laughs> after you placed your bet, the line shifted. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Matt just put down four million dollars on this and it shifted the line. Yep. Niners and Packers. I am going to say. I don't know what I want to say. I think I, will, I was just about to say Packers. I'm like, no, I can't say that. I'm going to say spread? 49ers. Nine and, Nine and a half. 
Yeah, McCaffrey, no. McCaffrey's at an over under of 88 yards rushing. I like 49ers money line. Yeah. Red. Fuck it. Spread 49ers too. I'm going all 49ers. James. I ugh. these nine point I hate nine point spreads. It's I know it's high. It's really yeah. high. But um, if you look at last week, there was so many blowouts last week, right? Obviously, different round of the playoffs. But yeah, I'm gonna take the Niners impossible. too. I think I think CMC runs through yeah. that team. He lives up to the name Run CMC. And he just demolishes. He I, I bet you has two two, possibly three touchdowns. Maddie, if you take the Packers, you better fucking make a parlay right now of the Packers and Texans. No, I'm I'm taking the Niners and I'm also but I'm taking the uh money line and then I'm gonna go CMC for two touchdowns. Woo! Okay. As Maddie's like literally building out all his tickets right I, now. I think he really catches one and he runs one in, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I just think I think with him the kind of opposite mindset for me would the Niners in this game than the Texans uh, Ravens. I think with McCaffrey getting a little bit of time off and to rest, especially for a running back, I think he just comes out of the gate and he's just absolutely dummies people. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off for like 175 yards and three touchdowns, to be honest. Lions and Buccaneers is your Sunday afternoon game, three o'clock on NBC. Don't have to worry about weather. This one will be in a dome, of course, in Ford Field in beautiful Detroit, Michigan. Uh, interestingly enough about this game, if you look at uh, just currently what the lowest ticket price is, so the, just the get-in price, Ravens and Texans, you can get in for 121 bucks. 49ers, Packers, you can get in for $221. Bills, Chiefs, you can get in for $172. That's actually surprising. I thought that'd be more than that. It's the weather. Lions, Bucks. $519, your lowest ticket price right now. Well, because the fucking Lions haven't been in the playoffs for 30 years. Yeah. So it's so, like a once-in-a-generation event. This is event horizon. So imagine <laughs> if the Maple Leafs make it to the uh, conference final at yeah. some point in our lifetime. Oof. Could you imagine those ticket prices if they made a cup final? Oh, my It'd dick be hurts. Be quiet yeah. there. Yeah, because no one could afford it. You're right. Yeah. So, currently we're looking at a spread of six and a half points for the home team, Detroit Lions. Oh, man. Look, okay. I think I might go Bucks. I think think Bucks will cover. I think it's another tight game. I think Lions money line, but I think the Bucks cover. I think it's another, like, 21-20 or 21-18. Like, I think it's very tight. I'm going all in Bucks. I'm taking Bucks money line and Bucks to cover. Um, I think Baker has something cooking. You might be right. No, or would you say Baker has something? He's got baking. something in the oven. He's yeah. baking. <laughs> uh, I mean, Buckers. Rashad White is is actually. I mean, he's not the greatest, but he's serviceable. And Godwin and Evans are are a decent one two punch. I mean, and that that Detroit defense is not. Not the best. Um, not the best. And it's also you know the Lions. I'm going to join you. I'm going to join you. I'm going to say uh, Bucks all the way. 
I'm I'm going mo- lines money line on this. I think the hype for them right now is real. I think the Bucks beating the Eagles was going to be an emotional high for them. Um, and I think maybe they're a little overconfident going into this game after beating the Eagles, regardless how the Eagles have were down the stretch. And I just think the lines are humming. I think with that backfield with Gibbs yeah. and Montgomery, and when you have arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL and Amon Ross St. Brown, and they're vibing that while their defense may not be as good, I just think that offense is ruthless. And if Sam Laporta can get even a little healthier this week, take the time off and get into that game. And I just think that's a ruthless offense. And then our main event, Sunday night football on CBS. Of course, it's going to take place in Buffalo, New York, in beautiful Northwest, Northwestern New York. The butthole. Ugh. <laughs> Currently, the Bills are favored by two and a half in this one. We're looking at about a nice crisp 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Don't know what that is in Celsius. I imagine it's minus, minus 10. 20, yeah, 20 Fahrenheit, I think, is minus 20, 20 Celsius. It's cold. It is cold Celsius is what it's going to be in Buffalo on Sunday night. Oh, minus six. And minus six? Sorry, I thought it was minus 20 Fahrenheit because minus 22, 27 Fahrenheit was minus 33 Celsius. Minus 20 Fahrenheit would be like minus 50. No, Celsius. it's because. Yeah, it's no. all right. It eventually, it, it, the, 28. The change doesn't isn't as dramatic once it gets to that low. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So it's going to be, be minus cold. six it's, Celsius. It's Northwestern New York in January. It's going to suck. At night, it's going to suck. Windy. I am sticking with what I said. Taylor Swift is going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. So that means the Chiefs are going to have to win this game. And it's only a two and a half point spread. Give me the Chiefs money line. Give me the Chiefs covering. Yep. You're actually with getting... You. You're getting money on that for the Chiefs mm-hmm. on the money line there. That's yeah. yeah, I think I think the Chiefs take this. I think the Bills are in their they'll be in their own heads. Yeah. And I think I'm, there's at least two and a half fatalities outside from jumping to <laughs> some odd tables or a frozen table that doesn't oh, yeah. break Over under two and a half fatalities. When did the tables start flaming? You know, like Bills Mafia used to always jump through tables. When did they start lighting them on fire? Actually, no. I think it's been a while. Really? Yeah. I don't get it, man. Doesn't make Me any either. Sense. But like, I mean, I don't try to understand Bills fans. Oh, speaking of Bills fans. The other day, one Kevin Bennett posted a video on social media. And if you're unaware, Kevin Bennett obviously has a uh, independent professional wrestler, but also he is a, a musician, rapper, musician, producer, audio engineer, audio engineer. Yeah, he's all those things. And he wrote the entrance music for Daniel Garcia that he uses in AEW. And there was like, I don't know if it was a, a collision or whatever the fuck. There was after an episode of something AEW, there was like Garcia, Edge, and FTR were like yeah. dancing. They're dan- like doing Daniel Garcia's dance and they're playing Daniel Garcia's music. So Kevin Bennett was like, I don't know if I had on my bingo card Edge dancing to one of my tracks. <laughs> That's that's just pretty cool. 
So we're all in agreement here with Chiefs. Sorry, man. I don't know if I got yeah. your pick. No, I, this one's tough because I think it's similar like the Canucks and Blackhawks where the Chiefs have kind of had the Bills number. But like, is this the year? The Bills are at home. The Bills are the higher, not the higher seed, but I think they're like equal seeding to the Chiefs this year. I think they're playing better. The only thing that kind of worries me is that Stefan Diggs hasn't looked great the past few weeks. Maybe he's hurt and he's playing through it. He got rattled on Sunday and just nothing from him outside of he a couple lateral great all year. Right. There was, so, there was that conversation early in the year where he, I think he was worried he wasn't getting the ball enough. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? I'm probably going to take Chiefs money line, but I think Josh Allen runs one in. And before we actually. Let's wrap that up. If you're going to take I Chiefs hope. money line, you should take them to cover. They're two and a half. Why do you both. get more? You get more money for the money line pick. You can't. I don't think you can do both. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> so I'm going to take Chiefs money line because it's plus money. Well, I hope this helped you put your tickets together for this weekend. Um, FanDuel, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. So here's here's what I have right now. On my parlay card, I have Texans money line with Nico Collins anytime touchdown score. Oh my god, really? It's making me log back in. You fucks. <laughs> it took too long. So, yep, Texans Collins, uh, Texans money line Collins anytime touchdown score. Niners at minus nine and a half. McCaffrey to score two. I mm. have. Hold. On. This is all the same parlay. Yes. Okay. I have David <laughs> Montgomery, Amon Ross, St. Brown to anytime touchdown scores, uh-huh. and Detroit Lions money line. I okay. have um, Chiefs money line and Josh Allen to run one in. And what does ten dollars th- get you? Ten dollars for that, sir. I just got to get um, click off of this for a sec. Ten dollars for that will get me four thousand nine hundred eighty-one dollars. Oh, and seventy-three cents. <laughs> that's that's the most important part is the yeah. seventy-three cents. So that's what I'm I'm running with. Maybe not $10, might just be a fiver because I think I still have another courtesy bet in there, a loyalty bet. So maybe mm. they do sponsor us like shadow sponsor. <laughs> Drop loyalty bets in for us. Yeah. So because $5 would get me 2490 Before we get to everyone's favorite segment of the week, I just want to give everyone an update. As we were recording, I made an Instagram reel, not reel, Instagram story with a poll on it. Of do I look like a Megan brother? And so far, everyone has voted no, except well, for Maddie, I gotta go change yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> everyone except Maddie has voted no. I need to be the they need to be the token yes. Oh, Maddie did though. Well, there already is a token yes. So yeah. it's actually uh, I don't see it, but like I said, you know from what? it depends the angle. I can kind of see it if the dude had your beard. And his hair is not as nice as yours. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I guess it's now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. right it's everyone's favorite segment of the week this is the segment called shout outs where 
we try to end on a high note. We talk a lot of shit on this podcast and we say a lot of funny things, but a lot of times uh, we just want to end saying something nice about someone. So that is what shoutouts is all about. I'll go first. My shout out goes to one Alan Taylor, who is a very hardworking individual. He's grumpy at times, but he's a very hardworking individual. Joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, very hardworking dude, and this weekend we had a couple Smash Wrestling shows, although he wasn't at one of them, but he was at the one on Sunday, and he's always constantly trying to make things better, and I appreciate that about Alan. Um, before the show, he came up to me, he's, he's like, okay, we're going to do this thing different today, and and one of the things that we were doing differently was, okay, so a match ends, immediately after the match ends, whoosh, match graphic for the next match comes up on the big screen. And that holds there for 10 seconds while commentary talks over it. And then it flies away. And then you have a hype video of the next match. That's for every match. Every match had match graphic and a video of why you should give a fuck about this match that's coming up. And then into the match. And match graphic, et cetera, et cetera. And then I explained to him, I'm like, dude, I asked you to do that like years ago. And he said, well, yes, but that takes time and effort. I'm like, fair point. Yeah, he had to wait till he got paid. <laughs> and fair point. So... Shout out to Alan for uh, honestly doing stuff that no one else does. Uh, James, you haven't, you haven't seen it, obviously, but like I've probably mentioned it before on the show, but during the show, you know, whatever happened, big spot happens. Boom. Holy shit. Guys are laying there. Video screen. Replay. Instant replay. Instant fucking replay. No one does that in the independence. So really cool. What uh, Alan Taylor and Taylor made production. I don't think they do that in the big leagues either like that's for tv they don't do it live so no it's interesting yeah i'm gonna go who wants to go next I, All right, I James, my go wrestling in the wrestling world oh. my shout out is to our truth man what a oh. fucking trooper yeah that fucking guy anything that guy's given he just fucking runs with it this whole judgment day thing is so funny and so interesting like i look forward to anything involving him in the judgment day right now because it's so funny um, so yeah, just shout out to that guy for, you know, he, he, like, I think a lot of you could be putting these, like, you're going to do the comedy thing and you can kind of be like, wow, really comedy guy. I want to be a champion. This guy just runs with it and it's awesome. And he's really good at it. And those dudes are, are breaking all the time whenever he's in the ring. Like Damian Priest is, you know, he, I think he tries to play it off as laughing like a fucking this guy, but he's laughing cause he's hilarious. Like, you know that that's why he's laughing. But it's, it's cool to see. Live, laugh, love. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what he had on the Judgment yeah, live, Day graphic. Just live, laugh, love. Actually, there's a t-shirt available on yeah. wshop.com that says... Yeah, did you not see the video? No, the Tim... So, the, okay. the, the, this, uh, pa- this past week... The Dominic they Mysterio. Did the, yeah, the Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, yeah Dominic Mysterio. That's amazing. Yes, okay. So you saw the video. Okay, yes. Yeah. Like him it. as a baby. It's yeah. like, I remember when I was born, all I wanted to do is become a member of the Judgment Day. It's like, <laughs> there's so many questions to that. And none of that makes sense. But. No, but it's funny. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Maddie. Um, my shadow goes to one Mark Andre Fleury. Oh, he yes. Wore, yeah. He, uh, with his win the other night, uh, the 5 0 win over the Islanders, he secured second spot of all-time wins for a goalie in the NHL. He's now 139 back of Martin Brodeur, who's number one. 
Will he get that? Probably not because he would have to play another 266 games potentially. Um, so he he passed Patrick Watt, was that right? Yeah, his childhood idol too. Um, so the top five right now are Broder with 691, Andre Fleury with 552, Wah with 551, Luongo 49, and Belfort. Oh, for, for oh. Don't tell me. Let me guess who number five is. But okay, it's okay who, guess who number six is? Dominic Hasek. Nope. Hasek is not in the top ten. I'm wow. gonna say. Guy would have to play a long time. Uh, is it not? Is it not Curtis Joseph? No, he's uh, number okay. seven. Number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it genuinely might be shocking. Chris Osgood, <laughs> James Weimer. <laughs> no, <laughs> that'd be funny. Who? Henrik Lundqvist. Who oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But like, think of it like this: Broder has six ninety one in twelve hundred and sixty six games. Lundqvist has 459 and 887. That win percentage is nutty. About They're both fit around 50%. Right? But like if, if Lundqvist has had, I guess, was a starter sooner, he'd be. Yeah, just played in a different era, right? Where Yeah. I mean, like they played at the same time, but like Lundqvist was coming up as Broder was fading out. Yeah, with the blues. <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, like. I just think that's a that's a pretty cool record for Marc Andre Fleury to get for a guy that was cast out of Pittsburgh, cast out of Vegas, um, was kind of a throw in for Chicago, and then found his spot in Minnesota to, you know, a goalie of that ilk to get there. And for a guy who just loves the game and looks, it seems like a good yeah, dude and everything you win. see. Yeah. So my shout out to Marc Andre. And shout out to all of you for listening to another episode of Forty Three Point Six. We'll talk to you next week about NFL divisional playoffs. We'll go over our picks for NFL conference championship playoffs. What do you want to call that round? Maybe we'll probably also talk about UFC in Toronto. A lot going on. And oh, yeah, I guess we're quickly approaching the NHL All-Star game, too. So there's going to be, uh, who knows? Maybe Sheldon Keefe won't be coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs by next (laughs) week. We'll find out. And we can't wait to talk about it with you. But until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered. Eat Falco.